This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show, where each week we discuss best practices in the field of customer experience management. I'm Tom DeWitt, Director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Bob Keipel, Vice President of CX of M and retired Global CX Executive with General Motors. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show. I'm Tom DeWitt, and I'm joined by Bob Keipel. We're really proud today to, uh, to welcome Scott Watkins. Scott has quite a pedigree from Michigan State University, earning both a, a BA in marketing and his MBA from, from the Broad School. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Glad to be here. Um, Scott, Scott serves in a really, I, I think, Scott, you've got the most interesting job title I've seen yet on, on the show, Business Intelligence Executive. Uh, we're going to be we're going to be talking about that that shortly, but I think first of all, Bob's Bob's got a question. Yeah, I have a, the most basic question. Um, what is Michigan Virtual? Yeah, absolutely, Michigan Virtual. We are a five hundred one c three nonprofit. We've been around uh, going into twenty two years now, and we're focused on online learning, virtual learning, um, and really using technology to enhance and maximize the learning experience. Our, our focus is really on um, the K-12 space. About half of our organization is focused on delivering online courses to supplement the curriculum that traditional K-12 schools offer. So if you have a student up in Munising or Escanaba or even um, in more urban or suburban areas that wants to take Chinese or an AP Physics C class that they might not have a teacher for in the local district, um, or maybe the student isn't able to stay for their, <coughs> excuse me, for their fifth and sixth hour. Maybe they have a work obligation, or um, they're uh, an athlete and have athletic competitions to get to. They can take that online class through us, but it's part of their traditional schooling. So we're not a school in the sense that we don't provide a, a degree, but we work with the schools around the state to supplement their catalogs and give students a lot more choice in the academic courses they have uh, exposure to. And then we also do a lot of training with educators to make sure, and this is critical right now, make sure that they know how to integrate technology into their teaching to um, really provide a, a better learning experience and a 21st century learning experience. And today that's really focusing on preparing for online and blended instruction, which has been forced on us with the, uh, the COVID crisis. Um, we do that through providing classes and then we also have a, um, the Michigan Virtual Learning Research Institute where we um, research effectiveness of online education, look for best practices, hmm. and also lead the development of um, some new techniques and some new tools to advance online learning. Wow, so you guys are busy right now. We're glad you took some time out to talk with us. I bet you're really busy. What's the, um, so you're just Michigan. Um, what's the reason that you're a nonprofit? What, why is it like that? Yeah, um, well, 
we're we're here to serve a community good. We're here to provide a benefit to the state of Michigan and to schools across the state. So um, really, we, any money that we bring in, we reinvest in the state. That's part of our mission. Um, so that's why we have that nonprofit focus. We were originally formed um, under the direction of the legislature and under the um, direction of Governor Engler back in 1998 to provide um, some career readiness training specifically around the automotive industry. Um, that lasted two or three years and then we were directed to focus more on the K-12 space. Well, Scott, we definitely want you on the advisory board as, as we create our, our online uh, master's degree program in customer experience management. It sounds like we could use your expertise. Be great to be involved. Awesome, awesome. So, um, how how does Michigan Virtual define? You know, since we're here to talk about customer experience management and your role in it, how does Michigan Virtual define who the customer is and how? What is their approach uh, to customer experience management? Yeah, it's a it's a pretty holistic approach. It's something that we've rooted across the organization. We we don't have a customer experience department or a director of customer experience. Um, we really focused on making sure that everybody in the organization understands that they own customer experience and that um, customer ex experience is part of who we are. About, about three years ago, we invested quite a bit in terms of resources and especially time in providing almost the entire staff with um, what we call the customer-centric service delivery model training and methodology and going through and understanding the root of who our customers and users are and what their pain points are and um, what they're expecting at different points of the customer journey relative to what we're actually delivering and looking at those gaps and trying to fill those gaps. So it's become core to who Michigan Virtual is. We understand that um, our customers are why we're in business. Um, and going through that, we've, we've under, grown to understand how complex sometimes it can be to figure out who your customer is too. Because we have students who use our classes, but they're not paying the bill. Yeah. School districts, in a lot of cases, are paying the bill. But the school administrator may not be the one who's selecting us. There's influencers involved in terms of school counselors and other teachers. So we look at it in terms of users, influencers, and buyers. Um, and we need to treat all three of those um, pretty uniquely and be very aware of all three of those as we go through thinking about um, the broader customer experience. Now, have you created different personas for those groups? Yeah, we have different pers personas and we um, have different, what we call our um, customer experience map, which is really a customer journey map. But for each phase of the customer journey from discover all the way through completion and advocacy, we look at um, what's the desired outcome for that customer, for user. Um, what are their touch points? What are their expectations? What are their emotions during that? Um, and then what opportunities do we have to improve that experience at each of those points on the customer journey? And that's, uh, sometimes it can feel um, like a lot of work to put that together, but it really gives you a good view of 
um, both where you are in the market relative to competitors and more importantly, where your opportunities are. So um, can you talk a little bit about your role? You're, you're called, as Tom was saying, the business intelligence executive, which is kind of awesome. Um, I would hope that all the executives have intelligence, but yeah. you're the business <laughs> intelligence executive. Um, what is your role exactly and how, how'd you get there? Because we're kind of, we like to talk about career paths in, in CX too. Yeah. Um, so I, I spent about 13 or 14 years doing consulting economic and public policy consulting with a boutique firm out of East Lansing called Anderson Economic Group. Um, and as I transitioned out of that, I did some entrepreneurial work um, on my own and with a few other smaller businesses in an advisory or consulting role. Um, and as I did that, I, I came to take a project helping Michigan Virtual with a strategic plan and um, some different assignments there. Um, and that, that three month consulting role turned into a full-time position about three years ago. Mm. Um, and I, I don't, I think at that time, since I started as a consultant and kind of positions were already created in the company, there wasn't a, a, an exact position. So business intelligence executive just kind of came, came about as a title. I'm not a title person. Um, I don't need titles. I look at um, capabilities and outcomes that people yep. deliver. So I wasn't concerned about the title. It, it's a pretty fun title though. Um, so what, what, what's typical <laughs> day look like for you? What, what, what's, what's your role as it relates to customer experience management? What's your role at, at Michigan Virtual? Yeah. Um, the most direct relation to customer experience management in my role is that I do um, supervise our um, director of customer care and the customer care center, which is, um, a team of three customer care specialists, the customer care representative. Um, we have a, an inbound phone line for customers to call as well as a, an online ticketing system. So managing the um, customer care center is probably the, the most direct traditional customer care um, or customer experience role that I fill. Uh, the other big part of my role, though, um, and kind of the, the business intelligence, quote unquote, part of it is acting more or less as an internal consultant in the organization. I, I do a lot in terms of our contracting with um, organizations who need our services, um, thinking through and participating with the Michigan Virtual Research Learning Institute on a lot of innovation and um, research and development into new opportunities and new products and new deliverables. And I think a lot of where my, my love of customer experience come from, comes from is from that innovation side and knowing that innovation has to start with solving problems and creating value as you solve those problems. So Absolutely. thinking through the business model canvas and the customer journey and identifying those gaps between what's being done to solve a problem now and what people really need to solve that problem. That's innovation, but it's also rooted in customer experience and understanding your customer. So um, playing that role at Michigan Virtual and leading others through that process is a, a big part of what I do and what I really enjoy doing. Great, I know you've already, you, you've, you've touched on this already, um, but when we think about customer experience management at Michigan Virtual, what are some of the other 
what are some of the other uh, job titles and roles um, within that arena? I mean, what yeah. would somebody in customer care do or other, what other roles you mentioned journey mapping, who does that? And right. Yep. Of course there's the customer care center with our um, customer care specialists and director of customer care. And that's largely um, twofold in terms of role. It's responding to inbound customer inquiries. Um, but we also try to take a proactive stance as we get new customers in at the beginning of school years doing some outbound, some outreach to um, <clears throat> welcome them and let them know what resources are available to them um, in terms of being able to contact the customer care center, find the knowledge base on our website, submit tickets electronically, um, and try to anticipate some of the, the common new customer issues and address those before they come to us with those questions. And then the team's also growing into a role of um, product testing and internal product use as we come up with new courses or um, even some of our more popular courses that have been around we have our team go through and basically audit those courses take it from the perspective of a learner of a, uh, a teacher or a student or whatever role they're in and document issues in the customer experience um, you know I got to this slide and thought I'd advance to here but it took me somewhere else, why did it do that? And then we can bring that back to our product development teams and our um, other internal teams to make recommendations on how to improve the product experience, either on products before they launch or on existing products. Um, a lot of times I'll share with the customer care center that ideally we wouldn't need you because if we do our job right as an organization, customers don't need care because we've anticipated and met their needs um, beforehand. Is it realistic to ever achieve that? Maybe not. That's a nice uh, goal. But let's not be shy about trying to put ourselves out of a job. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, you have uh, different uh, things happening in the world that affect us. For example, COVID-19. Um, can you tell us? COVID-19. Yeah, I've been hearing about this. Um, yeah. How has Michigan Virtual adapted the customer experience in this new arena that we're in? Uh, it, it was rapid um, back in March when um, we started to see the snowball rolling and yeah. coming. Um, and I remember the day before, so it was probably like the Tuesday or Wednesday of the week before school shut down. Um, we weren't anticipating that schools were going to shut down, but we were anticipating that um, our online classes were going to change a little bit and that there's going to be the potential of a shutdown in the future. So we, we sat down and we sent an email out to all of our school-based customers saying, Hey, here's some steps that you could take to prepare for um, the possibility that schools might shut down and learning might go remote. Um, we sent that out on a, Thursday, I think, and then the following day it was announced that schools were closing Monday. Um, luckily, we got that out the door at the last minute. Wow. I'm not sure much of our audience even had a chance to read it because so much was going on. Sure. Um, but just a lot of it was anticipating what's coming. Um, our executive team and our student learning services and professional learning services teams came up with a, a slew of resources in those first few weeks, including um, remote learning readiness rubrics, uh, a webinar series um, 
for teachers on how to prepare and how to transition into remote and online teaching. I mean, we're, we've been doing it for 20 years. We're the experts. Um, and in that, that nonprofit role that we spoke about earlier, our focus is to, to share that knowledge as broadly as we can. We immediately took some of our uh, professional learning courses that had been fee-based. We took the ones that were relevant to teaching online and making that transition, and we just took the price off of them, said they're free, come and take them. We took all of our student course content that traditionally is in a, a semester-based course that gets taught. Um, we stripped out the assessments because we don't want all the answers out there. We took the content for all the courses that we owned. It was about 75 of them at the high school level. And we made that content freely available to whoever could figure out how to use it in whatever way, along with instructions on how to use it in some of the common learning management systems like Google Classroom. Um, just put it out there. And this is, this is all stuff that we've talked about as an organization and aspired to being able to do at some point in the future. And we've, we've done a lot of work to prepare to be able to do that. Um, never did we think we would do it at the flip of a switch like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it was really realizing that we have resources, we have the expertise that thousands, tens of thousands of educators across the state are thirsty for now. Let's make it as available as we can um, right now, simply knowing that it was the right thing to do. Yeah, that's great. I've been I've been reading recently just uh, related to customer experience a little bit, but I know there are certain people that are, um, you know, economically disadvantaged. And so maybe they these kids are not able to get online as easily and all that. Where do you where does Michigan Virtual step in to sort of help ease that situation? Yeah, there there's a, a lot of providers out there. Um, part of what we did was just try to amplify the message from some of the other groups in terms of um, different internet providers providing 90 days of free high-speed service in areas of the state. Um, there's different entities within the state um, that try to address um, accessibility to broadband in rural areas and other areas. So a lot of that was just more of a, a connector and a collaborator role for us. Um, our, our wheelhouse is not um, in procuring low-cost laptops, mm -hmm. providing those to students in districts or states. Um, so we didn't jump in and try to do that because there's others who are better suited to do that than we are. Um, but we did want to make sure those who did have access to that technology had meaningful content that they could use on it. Um, and we also wanted to make sure that people who may turn to us looking for that type of advice, we could direct them to the right stakeholders across the state to um, help them along in making sure access was there. Well, we really appreciate what you and Michigan Virtual do and, um, and will continue to do as we deal with this crisis. Yeah, it, I've said a few times during it, it, I think Churchill said, never waste a good crisis. And that's what, what we're trying to do here. It, not necessarily a good crisis, but there's a lot of opportunity in this. And it's accelerated a lot of the trends that we expected to see over the next five to 10 years. It's just brought them all to the table right now. Um, 
one of the really cool and meaningful projects we did was with a, a firm out of the Detroit area called Sunberg Ferrar, focused on design thinking. Yeah. And we've intentionally engaged teachers, administrators, parents, students, um, other school personnel from across the state in focus group sessions to find out what they like and what they don't like, what's worked, what doesn't work. Um, what can we do? What can we learn from this transition period? Um, and what are the valuable pieces that we can, can, can carry forward with? COVID is going to go away at some point. Um, and we want to make sure that we don't just go back to the old way of education when this is exposing people to a lot of, um, a lot of opportunities to be more effective. Um, not to say that fully online or remote learning's the, the wave of the future, but there's elements of it that um, people are finding very beneficial and we wanna make sure we know what those are and start to implement those and better understand how they can fit into um, the future of learning. That's yeah. great. You know, we're in this situation. Let's attack. Let's see what we can do and come out on the other side better. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, if there if there is a silver lining to all of this, it's 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 literally forced organizations and individuals to be more innovative, right? I mean, right. every every all the companies that dismiss work from home question the level of employee productivity before. Now all of a sudden they don't have any choice. And it's, it's, it's really forcing innovation, which is, that's a great thing. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. we've, always had, we've always had interruptions to productivity, never at quite the scale, but snow days. Last school year, mm -hmm. schools in Michigan were closed for three to four weeks because yeah. of a, a cold snap right. and a lot of snow up north. Um, and learning, we can learn lessons from this in this shift to remote learning it could all you can just flip the switch, snow, right? And you don't know you have a remote learning day and you continue to yeah. learn. And you continue yeah. To yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Kids wow. won't like that. But. No. <laughs> but, well, I don't know. They might like it in June when they're at home instead of and on vacation instead of going to class, you know. Right. So right. Uh, no. And, and I think, I, you know, I think for a lot of people, this is um, and I and I hate to say COVID's a good thing, but I think um, embracing it, embracing the opportunity and learning from it and innovating. Uh, that's a great thing. That's the way to be. Yep. yep. Well, Hey, this has been great, man. Um, this is great. This has been great. And I think we can have some follow-up discussions on the show show too, maybe even about general principles about, I, I think it'd be neat if we just had a whole session on general design principles uh, around online learning. Um, I'd love to hear about that as, as we pre prepare a degree program. But thank, thanks again, Scott. This has been great. And thanks again for being a partner um, to CXM at MSU and CX of M. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the work that both of you are doing to uh, cultivate the CX community in Michigan. It's a, a great career path. It's the heart and soul of business, really, when you think about it. Without oh, absolutely. Experience, you don't have a bottom line. So it's uh, critical to focus on and I'm thankful for your leadership. Well, thank you. And, and thank you again, listeners for, for tuning in. We look forward to talking to you again on another episode of the Tom and Bob show. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tom and Bob show. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. 
After all, you're our customer. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.